so hi welcome to nice podcast with gregory dylan we're gonna ask him some questions today i'm gonna start so what inspired you start making music oh um first instrument is piano and i remember my cousin laura got me this like little synthesizer and i would play like drone gregorian chant music for my beanie babies and we would all be in this like monk world in my room so i think that must have been like eight 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 and i'm telling you my beanie babies were like religious (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely the most interesting answer we've got that's the best one yeah yeah that's the best one typically like you know picked up a guitar at 14 strum some chords and now i'm in this really successful band you know that's just how it works and you're like i was playing music my fucking beanie babies at eight (laughs) yo let me tell you that i would get little um like tissues and i would make sleeping bags for all of them they like and we would we'd be so quiet we'd be like hey we're monks (laughs) so they were living living lavishly oh my god and i think i would tape one key down so it was just a long drone soundtrack (laughs) oh my god Oh my god. <laughs> Truth be told. I love it. That's love the best it. thing I've ever heard. That's, I'm glad. That's amazing. Wow. I, I don't it. think I've told that many people, but that's the truth. That's great. I love it. I love it so much. That's a great way to open the late night interview right there. Definitely. Definitely. Do you guys have beanie babies or like stuffed animals still? Stuffed oh yeah, animals, I have stuffed yeah, animals. Not yeah. beanie babies though. I got a bunch in my room for my girlfriend because she still likes the stuffed animals. So the big squishmallow things. Oh, those are so squishy and soft. Yeah, they were on sale at Walgreens and Walgreens down the road. So I went and bought a bunch of them and those are a Christmas gift. I like the new Beanie Babies. They have like the big eyes. I think they're very cute. Mm -hmm. They're very cute. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Monk Beanie Babies. Um, Congrats on your newest release, Sad Magic. How do you felt the response to that EP so far? It's been great. Um, today is kind of like everyone who's on Spotify gets like their like report card, whether you're an artist or you're a musician. And I didn't expect it was coming in my um, inbox today. And I took a look and it was just, I was speechless. Like, I don't believe in like trying to like obtain stats or numbers. Like that stuff is kind of pointless if you're trying to be an artist. Cause like, you got to drop that. But um, I looked and it was just like absolutely nuts. I like was really, really excited by just the amount of streaming that's going on and the new family that I'm kind of acquiring. I made this whole album very much about my past and my childhood and growing up in a very kind of like small suburban neighborhood where I was really confused. And so to make that kind of like this like public first album was kind of personal but like i felt super empowered to do it because i was just for my whole life like very shy about you know putting things out there until i really decided to be a pop artist so i think it was great to get the reaction but i was really excited to like just self-endorse myself like you did that like regardless of the the stats yeah yeah congrats yeah thank you cool. i don't know if you've had a chance to listen but we did. yeah it, did. yeah that's it's super 80s yeah mm-hmm. yes i get that yeah yeah because i'm not one for pop music glory's definitely the pop fan oh, yeah. of the two of us but oh, i like okay. i genuinely enjoyed listening through the entire ep so oh i'm so excited to hear your thoughts more yeah i was like i'm like the metal kid out of the group 
of the two yep. of us. So for me to enjoy something like pop related, like want to go back to it is rare. So two thumbs up for me. Yes. Two thumbs up for me as well. You get the pop stamp of approval. I'm always curious. Stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. So you say not to like take over, but you said metal. Like I'm, I'm just curious, like, yeah, are you listening to current metal or metal from the past? Both. My favorite band is Korn. So, but like, I've also been listening to like, like Moths to Flames and Motionless and White and Fit for a King a Bunch, bands like mm-hmm. that. So, amazing. That. Whatever, whatever my ears like. Wait, Gloria, you said you like pop, like, is your one of your main genres? Yeah, it's, I'm leaning more towards pop nowadays. Yeah. Epic. I always like to know these things because I'm definitely not a one genre pony myself. What's your main Is it pop as well? I guess I, I have to call it pop. Like, I I love the idea of, like, manufactured pop and, like, finding out, like, what is, like, a perfectly crafted pop melody. But I love, I grew up on 80s music. Um, I love, oh, my God, classical. I love the Pokemon movie soundtrack. That's, mm-hmm. like, my favorite. Hell, yeah. That's sick. Wonderful. Uh, so, I don't know, that's very diverse. But... No, no, it's great. It's great. L- listen, it's a fucking podcast run by two teenagers. We literally don't give a fuck in the slightest. Diver- whatever you want to talk about tonight. Whatever. Yeah. You want to talk about yeah. Beanie Babies and... <laughs> Beanie uh, Babies is great. And 80s music. That. Like, let's do it. Like, let's just <laughs> chat about that. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> These late night interviews always just go off the rails. Like the 10 o'clock it's... ones, we just like start giggling and everything so we'll be all right <laughs> i know i can hear you guys giggling it's the best feeling though for an interview yeah. sorry i was gonna go grab my pikachu but i was like wait stay focused oh, you can you can grab a pikachu grab yeah, yeah go, go, go grab, grab a pikachu, pikachu. Oh, oh my god, god. There was the headphones. <laughs> my headphones came off at what cost okay I don't know if you guys are recording the video as well, but we are. No, yes. on the internet. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense for if you're listening and can see what happened. Um, I have my Pikachu. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, wait a minute. I match. That's why I wanted to bring them over. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm not a big so Pokemon much. fan because I've never like had a Nintendo console to play it on until now. So, but I like Pikachu. Pikachu's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost, um, I wanted to try to like wear this today. It's been so cold in my, my room. I guess I could somehow stretch it over. It's completely mm-hmm. valid. Maybe one of these days. Maybe I have the AC stuck in my window. I've been waiting for weeks for my, um, not my landlord, my super to come because uh, it's like bolted in. Mm-hmm. So there's a horrible draft. So we've been wearing coats anytime I'm in my room. I'm very lucky the heat's on from from the all day now. I'm kind of warm. But anyway, sorry. I'm like, I'm as you'll know, I'm very ADD. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything behind the EP name or cover art? Um, yeah, I, I make all my cover art. I love being kind of like a visual artist as well. I have my mom to thank. She taught art from home when I was a kid and, um, both me and my sister love like collage and graphic design. So, um, I had that photo for a while. I always thought it was like very me. I'm not looking into the camera. I see like some heavenly light. And I'm, I will say I'm a pretty, you know, like universe spiritual person. Um, I love like energy and stuff. And it just, it always, I felt like represented my, my inside. And I don't know, this album though, again, is about kind of a lot of like sad and confusing and complex stuff that happened both in my childhood and then in my adult life, I felt very like it was important 
in my life. And I kind of look at things that way. Like everything has a reason, like universe is guiding you. You have angels in your life and it felt super angelic. So I felt like I was channeling my own angel. So yeah, very, the heavens, the clouds, like all that stuff is important. Actually, my mom was always painting um, angels on everything as a kid um, growing up that we would like one day wake up and like, our table had a giant angel on it or like just random furniture or like angels. And I used to make fun of her all the time. And I was like, mom, please. Like, uh, and it's funny now that I'm like all about like the heavenly side of, of music. And I, yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Gregorian monk turned angel. <laughs> I love to see it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this EP? It's always a little different. I am a producer and a, a writer, so I definitely get my hands dirty with all the sounds, and um, I love a synthesizer. I will primarily work with like a piano that has like all those sounds, and I'll start looping things. And I tend to once I hear a chord progression, that's when I'll kind of like start working on vocals, and I will just hit the record button on my phone, and I'll for like an hour just like you know sing over it and then i tend to go for like a walk and i'll like listen to them and if i hear something that i like that i did i'll kind of like put a little star next to it and i kind of just start like collaging it after that and i think lyrics always come last for me because i don't always know what the song is about though i kind of like can hear like a vibe and i just keep working at that process for sometimes months until i have a track um sad magic took a little bit of time and I also have been lucky now that I've been doing music for a few more years. I've gotten some amazing collaborators who are producers. Like that is their first instinct. And so to have the pleasure, for example, on one of my tracks, Lovely, um, I had a couple of ideas and I just went to two friends and they were like able to spin it into this amazing instrumental track that was like what I wanted and I knew I wanted, but didn't think I could do maybe myself. So. I, I like making music on my own. It's really, uh, it's challenging and rewarding, but I also like love getting in a studio with people who also are like wanting to build something up. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say Lovely was my favorite track. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah. When you said it, I was like, yes, that's cool. So, oh, that I think it. that's my favorite track. Oh my, as it should be. Mm -hmm. It's an anxiety tag though. Like listening to that track has a lot of crazy shit that went down with it. So. Uh. But right. still very my cool. favorite <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good track um so where is your headspace at while you're writing this cp then um it kind of came kind of came in different stages um <laughs> that's my marina and the diamond british accent um it's wonderful i guess i can go in order because the album is kind of conceptual in the sense of it goes in the course of uh dawn to dusk uh, sad magic i was having kind of uh, a universal identity crisis i don't know if you guys ever like have felt that where you're just like oh my god like where am i in this like world and what am i supposed to do oh yeah um, yeah i was i was really confused like i knew i was making progress but also felt very stuck in my life and so that song's about like kind of going through a house of mirrors and like you're forced to like look at yourself but you're stuck um lovely is a little bit more of like like that one mistake that i don't think ever anyone ever wants to make in a relationship and 
I was starting off uh, a new relationship and I kind of fucked up and I won't go into crazy detail, but I, I had such an anxiety attack because it was completely unintentional. And I really thought this like person was going to be something special. So when that was all happening, I just felt like lovely, like completely sarcasm is the title. That's why the period's at the end. Cause it's like, I just effed things up mm-hmm. um, and I get really bad anxiety, especially like towards like my own doings. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a perfectionist and I'm really self-critical and it's something I kind of try to remind people to not be. And I feel like all the songs end up kind of telling me as well as everyone else, like, honestly, it's okay. It's kind of human. Um, Plastic Ferrari is also about perfectionism and like not wanting to show any flaws with people. And I originally wrote that track for uh, a girl and I just, I felt like, I don't know, like I think being gay is a big part of my identity and I realized it was a huge part of the identity of the album. So I ended up taking that song for myself because I was like, you know what? This is about a Ken doll now and he's, he's gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other tracks. Screenshots was written um, before quarantine, but it was kind of funny that it was about being uh, kind of trapped inside and just staring at your phone endlessly and feeling like it was an anchor from you moving on which I think kind of when I was getting it ready for the album, I was like, damn, this feels kind of perfect. Um, and then the last song sunset came last. And that was about the same person who I wrote lovely for. Cause it kind of had a very um, good ending. And um, it's kind of about like trying to savor that moment. So it's also very much about nostalgia. I don't know if you guys like nostalgia or if there's anything that you guys find like takes you, back but i'm a big fan of it i am yeah yeah Yeah. um so while going through the record what band or artist influence do you think pop out the most hmm pokemon movie soundtrack or any (laughs) um i think i would have to name a couple like i remember the first album that really made me stop my car and i had to like just listen to it was wanted el rey born to die i loved the orchestration on that um I feel like Carly Rae Jepsen and Marie and the Diamonds are like those girly pop songs that you kind of hear like is a huge influence on more of like the the campy stuff I do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I have a lot. And the Pokemon movie soundtrack. I'm going to say that a third time. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Okay. I cried when I saw that movie. I, I bawled my eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think the music just like had an impression too. It was very like energetic. I guess the only other song that i like really feel such a connection to is metro station shake it i was in high school like exploring kind of a punky side and i got to see them live at warp tour and it was so amazing i was kind of channeling a little inner goth and i got hit in the head with a drumstick by the band so Uh, i know so that song to this day really gets me going too okay cool (laughs) it's a good memory memory. oh yeah glad you have that memory still did you get the drumstick I, I kind of fought a girl for it, but I didn't win. It was, okay. She were, okay, she would like gave me like a level 11 energy so fast that I kind of just like backed up. Like, yeah, yeah that's way. Listen, that's the only time where I'd say it's okay to like start kicking at her and stuff yep. to get the drumstick. I mean, she exactly. was four, so, and I was like 14. No, I'm just <laughs> I was going to say, then you just trample her. But, no. like, <laughs> just push her over. It's fine. Just push her over. That's my drumstick. I died for that. Um, exactly. I got hit in the head with 
I don't know about you guys, but like, how is it um, as like fans of music not seeing shows? Is that kind of you mentioned like having tickets and then getting canceled? Like, oh, it sucks. I mean, this podcast wouldn't be where it is if like the world hadn't locked down and yeah. like I was still going to shows. But like, I was going to a couple of shows every single month up mm-hmm. right up Good for you. Yeah, right up before the world locked down. Like, I went to one a week before the world shut down. I saw Silverstein right before the world shut down. So I was every couple of weeks. I was going to a show, so like I miss it a lot, and I try not to watch the live videos I've recorded because then I miss it even more. But sometimes I just can't resist. Yeah, and then I've only been to two concerts, and they're the same. They were Twenty One Pilots concerts, um, and that was last year. Um, but I had plans to see like to go to six concerts this year. I'm pretty sure. Um, and they were like off my bucket list too. So that was really cool. And then COVID was like, hey, that's not, not happening. happening. <laughs> so. um, you kind of forget like when you go to a con, I, I could only imagine a metal concert. Like you probably get so much energy out. I saw you're, you seem calm, but I feel like you're crazy. At a metal I concert. am not though. Like I haven't seen very many metal shows like in a pit. I, I was, I kind of got into metal more as like quarantine kind of happened i saw motionless and white in standing room in last october but for some reason that show was really calm i saw slipknot though with my mom in seats and that was interesting so and like there was no the pit. strippers on stage that was motionless and white that had op- the opening act with strippers oh my god I my mom to that too i was bringing my mom to every concert before because i couldn't like drive um, so my mom and I were going to everything. It was costing me a shit ton of money because I had to pay for her ticket. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm honestly I'm not that outgoing at shows. I'm there to like watch the band and the pit scares me. So I yeah. just kind of hang out off to the side, typically like somewhere in the middle. Like I might be near the pit, but I'm still far enough off to the side where like I'm not gonna get sucked in. Just there to watch, record. Scary. I've been to one metal show. I could, I don't know if you've heard of Opeth Silhouette, but um, they were just some random band. I was working in high school at the time with my friend Matt at J.C. Penny, and he just sprung on me that he had a ticket, and so I didn't know that it was going to be a metal show. And I went with like a full like suit and tie, working oh, no, the men no, section no. into this crazy metal crowd and then my friend got lost into the like the mosh pit and i went to go look for him that thing was the scariest thing ever i tucked my tie in because i was like i'm gonna get choked with this Mm. Um, and it was it was kind of crazy but like i could also see it being so fun if you have no teeth to lose you're like whatever yeah yeah. And like I had joked with my mom because like at this point I was still like what 17 and my mom was saying me everything. I was like, what if we just went to go see Cannibal Corpse? And she's like, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> now when shows come back, that's like on my bucket list. Like I want to go get beat the shit out of. So I was like, let me take my earrings off first before we go. Into the pit. <laughs> yeah. And like I was finally working up the courage to like jump in a pit. I was supposed to see Belmont a week after the world shut down and like I had seen them in January and I was ready to like jump in the pit because I was like, I really like their set. And now I'm like going to jump in the pit this time. And then the world shut down. So now I'm like going to start at square one when the shows come back and it's going to take me forever to like warm up. To, build like, up the courage. Again. Build up yeah. the courage to possibly get the shit beat out of me. You could potentially 
um, using just simple floss and beanie babies, like hang them from your ceiling, like all hundred of them, and then just start like thrashing around as practice. That would be my advice. You gotta do that. You I mean, do you're that right. Shit. I could totally do. I mean, there's plenty of time. Shows aren't gonna come back until like 2030. So exactly. You remember ever going into like a McDonald's play place or Burger King play place or whatever have you? And there's like these giant, almost like punching bags, and they're all aligned together, and you can just like run and thrash yourself through them. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where that story was going. Training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Training. Training. Preparing. Um, so this question should be like super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this EP for new listeners in three words. Mm. Um, synthwave, eighties, nostalgic. Tastes wonderful. All right. So where do you see the project in the next five years? I, oh, that's such a good question. Because that it kind of is changing every year. I see that I'm able to kind of check off another little thing. But then your music kind of takes on a life of its own, which is something I'm learning. Like I put out songs a couple of years ago that are still reaching out to people mm-hmm. um, and getting into people's ears, which is always cool because I'm not really doing anything it's like i gave birth and they're like kind of walking around doing their own thing so my goal now is to kind of just keep working on new music letting the old things kind of prosper but i'm really into electronic dance music as well and so i would love to take just a a moment to finish writing an ep that's like very dark house music that i can kind of like vogue to at night on my rooftop okay <laughs> That sounds so a little bit of experimentation for the project. Oh, right? yeah. I love it. I mean, I'm also so drawn to visuals that sometimes I'm even thinking first, like, okay, I want this kind of music video or I want this kind of look. What music will fit that? And I'll go do that. Um, yeah, I definitely plan to write more 80s music. And, you know, I take a little bit of – I'm a self-funded artist, which I give props to anyone for doing because it's really tough. Um but I am starting to make a little bit of streaming income and I'm putting that like back into the project. And the more I keep doing that, and the more I have, you know, a couple more producers that are, I can hire. And so my goal is to kind of treat this like a farm, like where I'm like, okay, I can grow the potatoes and I can grow the, the corn and then the green beans. And um, yeah, I'm just super excited to get more into different genres and I guess, you know, I was also really shy growing up. You would never see me perform in public. I would normally, like, in high school, be, like, inside the high school chapel playing piano alone because I was, like, way too nervous to audition for, like, a musical or a show. But I love um, huge, huge arenas. That's kind of, like, my secret dream is to play, like, a big, big festival show. I want, like, cardio step aerobics and I want crazy lights. And I just like want to get so like silly and just do a bunch of stuff. So I guess that's the other dream is like I was on my rooftop dancing to just some music alone. And I was just kind of like imagining like, oh, imagine if this was like your giant crowd in front of you. And it just felt really good, which is funny because I normally am kind of more shy to that, though I really want to do that. So I think almost having the shows taken away from me is made me way more hungry to do them than maybe before um and i mean as an artist in brooklyn there are some great venues and i've played some really nice big shows but the majority of your shows are smaller and intimate and i think um 
that's that's a whole concept that I'm like kind of coming back to is like vulnerability and like what's that going to look like on the other side and now I'm kind of craving it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. That's fair. Excited to see you uh, perform at what Leeds Festival. Coachella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Electric Forest. Have you ever heard of that one? It sounds familiar. It's really pretty. My sister uh, showed me that one, and then I was looking at photos, and it's just, it's really about the visuals. I love, like, just some atmospherics, like strobe lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for the last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to Death Row. Boom. So <clears throat> if you're on Death Row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, my God, a buttered bagel. And a glass of eggnog, if it's in the winter. Um, <laughs> if it's in the fall? If it's in the fall, I'm thinking, oh, man, what is my something drink? pumpkin from you. Maybe pumpkin. That's a good suggestion because I do like a pumpkin. Um, actually, me and my family would always drive from New Hampshire, where I grew up, to um, New York, where all my family is and where I'm based now. And we stop at this deli called ryan's deli and they had a soda called dr brown's black cherry soda and that is my favorite i can rarely find it so that's going to be my drink of choice okay okay solid taste uh so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live it depends okay do i get to kind of like embody that world in some sense or am i like a, a foreigner it depends like if you want to Okay, so I guess if I if I do get the ability to kind of adapt, it's going to be Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I'm going to be controlling some kind of element like what air. Element? Okay, air. I think I'm an As airbender. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody says like, "Oh, I do Earth." Okay, what if like you just with air, you could literally just like bend the air out of people's lungs. Like, that's it. Done. Have you watched the show? I'm yeah. I watch it with my brother. I'm pretty sure it's so yeah. good. It's, it's good. really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Shane. Have you seen Avatar? No. You need to. It's very it's good. good. I'll I'm, do it with all my free time, Glory. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> I guess I, if I could say one other place, it's like this is terrifying to think about, but like I'm really obsessed with um, space. So I would say, secondly, like maybe some kind of like aliens come and like foster me for a couple of days like it's just the fear of like you don't know what they're gonna do like if i can guarantee they're peaceful like i'll date one of them so (laughs) yeah (laughs) see when you said aliens i thought you meant like the franchise alien i was like why would you want to do that never in a million years those aliens oh god you don't you don't want them to foster you (laughs) i mean the sex will be hot but honey (laughs) (laughs) i mean you are right that's all that matters, though. True. All right, while Gloria's composing herself, I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person you've spoken to has said the most important question. What is your favorite color? Mm. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? People ask me that all the time. I guess I have to go with blue because blue was my favorite color as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started doing music and releasing it, I really got into embodying colors for like uh, a season or a period. So I put out my first single in 2018 alone with you, which was yellow. And I truly only wore yellow for like three months because I wanted my Instagram to kind of embody the yellow. And it felt so interesting putting on that color and wearing only yellow. I felt like it brought out a lot of like friendliness and like good ego. 
And then the second song I released was blue. And so I wore all blue and it like made me like extra sensitive. I was more in touch with like feelings. And the third was green. And I felt like it was very like growth. Like, so I feel like my favorite thing is sticking with one color and like completely surround yourself with that color, even if it's not your favorite and just see what it's like, what the experience does to you. Okay. So that's a challenge for you too. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) For one week, try to wear only one color and see how it affects your mood. Do that all the time. Yeah. Constantly wearing black. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hear that, but no, I mean that also it's very black is very protective. I feel like it fortifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just made our meaningless color questions super deep. So This, this, this whole podcast is very fun. Thank you. Thank you. Well, sadly, that is all the questions we have for you today. Is there anything you'd like to plug? I guess I should plug the EP because it came out. I have, yeah. my name is Gregory Dillon. I do synth pop 80s music. And I just released a, a EP, my first EP, Sad Magic, um, which is all about kind of re-exploring the complex past suburban life that I grew up in. Um, and I have a lot more music coming out and yeah, I'm really excited to just like keep spreading the good word. As you should. All right. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Gregory Dillon and we're the Good Noise Podcast.